Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome into, you know, where you're being welcome into, Scout Team Sports. I'm your host, Valiant, and we are back again for another week, another edition of NFL 2022-2023 season. Your predictions and analysis week by week. As always, we want to go through predictions and analysis for the upcoming week, which is week nine in the NFL. But first, we have to recap week eight. And before that, I have to say shout out to this platform for Anchor. Shout out to all the platforms that I'm on that you could be listening to. Just to name a few, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podcast Breaker, Overcast. And a very special shout out to all of you, my wonderful listeners, subscribers. Uh, Please continue to subscribe. Please continue to count in the Scout Team Sports Podcast to your daily, to your weekly sports diet, sports appetite. Greatly appreciate that from each and every one of my subscribers and listeners, even if you're not subscribed. We are getting into it here. We're going to recap week eight. And so we start off with the Thursday night football matchup. Ravens over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I did uh, pick the Bucs, but I am not surprised that the Ravens won. And I'm actually happy that the Ravens won. I definitely said that I wanted to be wrong about this one. Um, because there are some certain times I just wasn't sure about the Ravens D, but they came to play here and they made sure uh, that Tom Brady would not beat them and allowed Lamar in the second half to just go crazy and to really flip the switch on. Whereas they were down 10 to three and then came back for a final score of 27 to 22. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, giving uh, Brady a hard time, uh, and rightfully so, okay, because when he does good, he gets all the credit, and when he does bad, he deserves the equal blame, so I really don't have any sympathy for him, because he's still in the league, he still wants to play, yeah, it's amidst what he's dealing with in his personal life, but he's still choosing to be out there, so there's really no, no excuse, you're choosing to be out there, uh, you are the starting quarterback because you wanted to come back, so it's on you. So he's just not playing well, and he has to play better, uh, especially leading this team. Um, and um, the running game is virtually non-existent. And I don't care what anybody says. You got to give Leonard Fournette enough touches on average for him to be effective. But they are throwing; they're still throwing the ball more than anybody else in the league. And as old as Tom Brady is, I just don't think that's wise. So, and if you think about it, the years that he was the most successful in New England, he wasn't throwing all the time. He wasn't leading the league. Now he's leading the league. It doesn't make sense because, yes, he had a good arm back then and he could throw and he could make good reads. He could make good adjustments at pre-snap. But it was mainly a defense and a running game. Most of the years that they were successful winning the Super Bowl, 
where he was a beneficiary of that. And so if you combine a good running game with a really, really good defense, and then you have a quarterback who is much more than a game manager, doesn't make mistakes, but also makes plays, that's unbeatable. And that's not the case now. The defense is not nearly what the greatness of the defense of uh, years past, not even when the Bucks won the Super Bowl two years ago, uh, nor is it the defense of Patriots old back in the days of of Teddy Bruschi and the days of even Stefan Gilmore and the days of, of all their great linemen. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not what it was. So, but Tom is still choosing to be out there. So you get what you get. And as far as the criticism, yeah, he's not looking good. So Ravens over Buccaneers by a score of 27 to 22. Next, you have your London game in which the Broncos beat the Jaguars 21 to 17. Really surprised by this. Russell Wilson was out there and he was leading his team and he got a victory. I'll just give him that. It still, to me, wasn't Russell Russell Wilson-esque of old. You know, it's still not living up to, in my opinion, uh, what he is getting paid for. But nonetheless, it is a win. It is a win. Only, let's see, um, 18 for 30, 252 yards, one touchdown, one pick. That's eh. It's really eh. But then you get two rushing touchdowns, one from Latavius Murray, one from Melvin Gordon. Uh, And then Jerry Judy does well, six catches, 63 yards, and one touchdown. And those are just the leading stats. But that combined with a good defense to pin down uh, Trevor Lawrence was enough to get the job done. And so the Broncos... Improved at three and five in London by beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of twenty-one uh, to seventeen. Next, we get back into the games of uh, the American games, if you will, and I go with the Panthers at Falcons. I predicted this one right that the Falcons would have just enough to beat the Panthers. Uh, it's not to take anything away from P.J. Walker uh, in that sense. Um, that, you know, I definitely think he can work well. I mean, they did score 34 points, but the Falcons scored 37. And it was just a matter of a team being slightly more seasoned in, at offense and uh, virtually both neither defense being non-existent in this one. So it's 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 unfortunate for P.J. Walker, but Marcus Mariota is, he's fighting hard. He's fighting hard. He's playing hard. He's not taking this lightly, the fact that he has a starting position, even if he is projected as a bridge quarterback. And so, you know, I respect that. I definitely respect that, especially as many teams as he's been on now. Um, Having come from the Titans and then losing that starting job and then being a backup for the Raiders and now with the Falcons. The Falcons win by a score of 37-34. to Next, you get to... Bears at Cowboys. Yes, the Bears were the talk of the town on Monday night, uh, the previous Monday night game by beating the Patriots. But to me, that really wasn't a big of a deal because the Patriots were just bad that night. And so you get brought back down to earth when you go in to face the Cowboys, uh, even with Zeke sitting this game out. The, Bron- uh, the, the Cowboys win by a score of 49 to 29. And I'm really not surprised by that at all uh, with the Cowboys. If you compare their defense, as good as it is, with 
the rest of their team and the bulk of Chicago scoring being in the second quarter. And that was pretty much it. Um, and then the Cowboys being consistent across the board, 14 points in the first quarter, 14 points in the second, 14 points in the third, and then seven in the fourth um, with a total score of uh, 49 points to only the Bears, 29. Justin Fields, 17 for 23, 151 yards with and two touchdowns, no picks, which is good for him, but that's not good enough against this Cowboys team, and that was mostly in a losing, trying to come from behind effort, along with Khalil uh, Herbert, 16 carries for six for 99 yards uh, in one touchdown, again, in a losing effort, trying to catch up from a huge deficit to where they just could not overcome not really surprised uh but even with zeke out tony pollard went off and tony pollard was looking like the zeke of old (laughs) 14 carries 131 yards and three touchdowns i am glad that they didn't go crazy with throwing the ball with dak prescott because just because dak is back does not necessarily mean that you have to go crazy in the passing game 21 for 27 250 yards two touchdowns and one pick um so Yes, let the running game still be the star of the show. Tony Pollard, like I said, going off 14 carries, 131 yards, and three touchdowns. So the fact that he can do that when Zeke is out, like, you don't don't change a thing. Your strength is still running game and defense. Don't be overpassing the football. C.D. Lamb contributing with uh, five catches for 77 yards and one touchdown. Dalton Schultz with six catches and 74 yards. So, just keep it just like that, and you guys will be fine. I mean, the Cowboys are 6-2 and two now and heading into a bye week. So, I mean, that's they couldn't ask for anything better than that. Still on the heels of the Giants and the Eagles. And so, you know, the Cowboys are not going anywhere. They're not going to fade away. They're going to be right up there competing for the division title and at this point should be very much playoff bound. Next, we get to the Dolphins and the Lions. I did get this one right, even though I didn't want Tua to play. He is playing, and um, thank goodness he's safe. And uh, the uh, Dolphins win by a score of 31-27. to 27. Dolphins just a slightly better team to me than the Lions. The Lions, again, Jared Goff can play. He's not the greatest, but he can play. And what he's doing with a team with no stars, like I said, to me, that is to be applauded uh, because he could be doing a lot worse. He could be just like, you know, he didn't want this trade. He could have been just like, you know, forget it. I'll just wait till my contract is out and then I'll go where I want to go. You know, a lot of guys do that, but he's decided to play well where he is. And, you know, hats off to him. But, yeah, their defense can't stop anybody. So this is expected. But Tua with 29 of 36 for 382 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. So very impressive there. Uh, for Tua, of course, receiving, you get Tyreek Hill with th- 12 catches, 188 yards, and then you get Jalen Waddle with 8 catches, 106 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Mike Gesicki, the tight end, who I really like, who should be getting more targets, but I get it with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, uh, but also contributing a touchdown uh, with uh, minimal yards there. Uh, and Dolphins get it done uh, with 31 points. Jared Goff only... Um, 27 for 37, 321, and one touchdown. And so uh, it was, again, with just that, with just that, and they barely lost. They only lost by four points. So, you know, it to me, Jared Goff is doing it with the team 
with no stars uh, and he's still uh, coming up short. To me, that's really not his fault. So, um, you know, it is what it is. They're still going to play Tua. Tua's going to play. I just hope he can stay safe and no uh, concussions and no more head injuries because uh, that would be a really bad look for the NFL and more importantly for his health. Um, I just don't even want to think about what could happen there. Uh, next, we get to Cardinals at Vikings. I predicted this one right as well. Uh, Vikings taking care of the Cardinals. Cardinals are kind of a mess. They're hot, they're cold. They're, I wouldn't even say they're hot, they're cold. They're lukewarm, and then they're cold. They're lukewarm, and then they're cold. I, the, the Cardinals have not been hot at all this entire season. Uh, and just all the problems with uh, Cliff Kingsbury to... Uh, mainly Kyler Murray and not studying and the defense not being nearly as good and him having to do way too much on the offensive side in the passing game and in the running game because they really don't have a running game with Kyler Murray being the leading uh, rusher for six years and 36 yards that's nothing in the running game and then of course 31 for 44 326 passing and then three touchdowns but also two interceptions and even with DeAndre Hopkins going off 12 catches for 159 yards and one touchdown, Rondale Moore, seven catches, 92 yards and one touchdown, that's not going to be enough uh, on offense. It's not clean enough on offense uh, with those two picks. Uh, and then you get the Vikings uh, who, um, yeah, pretty much took care of business with um, on offense themselves. Like I said, when Dalvin Cook cooks, it's hard to beat the Vikings. Very hard. Dalvin Cook going off 20 carries for 111 yards and one touchdown. And then you add Kirk Cousins playing a clean game with 24 for 36, 232 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, and then Justin Jefferson, the highlight, of course, always of the um, wide receiving core, six catches, 98 yards. And yeah, the Vikings can play a solid game to me. The quietest team that nobody's talking about that is six and one. It only has one loss on the season. The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm hoping that they can do some, uh, create some shockwaves in the NFC. Just because, like I said, I don't really see or hear too much um, applause or fanfare or anything regarding them. And yeah, it's like you know because the Packers are down and the Packers are so bad it seems like as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go so does the attention for the NFC North it is it's just it's just in shambles because Aaron Rodgers is not doing well because the Packers are not winning so it's almost like nobody in the talking media really want really cares about the Vikings outside of Minnesota so but the Vikings are 6 and 1 they will be in the in the playoffs they are going to win the division and I'm curious to see um, what they can do in the playoffs. Uh, but we still got a ways to go. And so um, it would behoove them to continue to stay diligent. Let con- them, let people continue to overlook you. And you'll slowly creep up. And, hey, you may end up with the number one seed in the playoffs. Who knows? Next, we have Raiders at Saints. Not surprised the way that this one went. But also still very disappointed with the Raiders getting shut out 24-0. I'm hoping that this contributes to Josh McDaniels getting fired. I never wanted him as a coach in the first place. There are guys who are good. Look, they're just guys that are good offensive coordinators. They're good defensive coordinators. That does not mean that they will always work out as head coaches. 
Okay, that's just the way it is. Some guys do, but then other guys don't. And if you think about all the black head coach, uh, black assistant coaches, uh, offensive and defensive coordinators who deserve an opportunity at a job as head coach, and yet you go with a guy who does not deserve a, a, a shot, another shot as head coach. The Raiders are the Raiders deserve every loss that they get. They really do. So many other guys that are well-deserving, that are African-American descent in a predominantly African-American league that you could have given a head coaching position to, and you go with a guy who was part of the cheating scandal in New England, led the cheating scandal when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos and got fired during the season. Then at the very last minute, he was supposed to be the Colts head coach. He backed out on that right before the season started in August and then now he gets uh, he gets to bring his GM with him and they are GM and then Josh McDaniels head coach of the Raiders no you couple that with Derek Carr who is not great but good and that's just not enough that's not enough it might be enough like it was last year to squeak us into the playoffs but that's not enough that's not good enough if we're talking about let's we want everybody's goal is supposed to be to win a Super Bowl. And Derek Carr to me is just not that guy. He's not the guy that's gonna get you to a Super Bowl unless you have an unbelievable, incredible running game and defense, which the Raiders have a running game. They have a defense, but it's not lights out. It's not uh, you know, Baltimore Ravens, D of uh, Ray Lewis and, and Ed Reed. It's not a running game with um the best running back and the best offensive line in the league right now. Although uh, Josh Jacobs is very good, well-deserving of a contract extension, which I know he's fighting for, but it's just, it's just not there. And then on top of that, you have so much money tied up in the offensive side of the football in the offensive side of the football looks like the weakest link. The majority of the money is tied up in Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, who's still hurt. A few members of the offensive line. Colton Miller, particularly, who doesn't deserve his contract. And they're the weakest thing. You couldn't score any points against the Saints defense, who has not been playing well at all this season up until this point. Two and five. Who've been giving up a lot of points through seven games and then you come into town and you make them look like they were the defense that Drew Brees had trying to get to the Super Bowl two years ago and got or three years ago that got snubbed by the the Rams in that bogus call in the NFC championship game the Raiders made the Raiders made the Saints look good that wasn't the Saints just dominating. That was the Raiders making the Saints look good by the Raiders' offense playing so pathetic. And the defense of the Raiders doesn't deserve that as well as they have been playing all this year. They deserve better from the Raiders' offense. Absolutely. So, I mean, and then on top of that, I mean, when the Raiders' defense is on the field that long, yeah, they're going to make one guy in Alvin Kamara look like a superstar because they're tired. And it's one guy that they can't keep track of. It's the same issue they had trying to chase down Kyler Murray. But when the offense isn't competing, isn't giving them rest, isn't giving them any hope 
any give, giving them any morale. You got to think after the third quarter, it's the fourth quarter, and you're like, okay, well, I guess we got to score all the points ourselves, defense. That's a different mentality. When you know your offense, I've been there. I've been there as a defensive player. When you know your offense isn't helping you, it's a totally different mindset every time you got to get back on the field. And it's just, it's insurmountable. It's overwhelming to think that you have to try to score on defense just so that you have to have a chance at winning the football game. You can't just play defense. You can't just defend. You can't just stop them. You have to take the ball away and you have to score. And it's just enough to take the ball away to force a turnover because you force a turnover, get the ball back to your offense and they don't produce. So you have to not only stop them, you have to force a turnover and then you have to scoop and score or you have to get a pick six because your offense can't do anything. That's not fair. That's not what a team sport is supposed to be about because those guys signed up for defense. They didn't sign up for offense. If they happen to get a pick six, okay, great. If they happen to get a scoop and score, fumble return, okay, great. If they happen to get a safety, okay, great. But you know those things are few and far between. Even for the greatest defenses. Yeah, so making the Saints look like they're just this solid, wonderful team now that they've improved at three and five. I'm like, no, this isn't this isn't about the Saints. This is about the Raiders offense and how bad they looked. Saints win 24-0, improved to 3-5. Raiders dropped to 2-5. Next, you have Patriots at Jets. The Patriots get back in the win column by beating the Jets. Was surprised by this. I figured the Jets should be able to handle uh, the Patriots, uh, but you can never count a Belichick team out. And the Jets still have some growing to do. Uh, I still am impressed with them thus far this season. But they still have some growing to do because when a team is a seemingly not as good as you are, you need to put them down. You need to put them away. No excuses. You need to put them away, especially with a team like the Patriots, who all they were able to muster up was Mac Jones, 24 for 35, 194 yards and one touchdown and one pick. That's nothing. Leading rusher is Ramondre Stevenson and 16 carries and 71 yards. No touchdowns. That's nothing. You can't lose to a team like that, that plays like that. Absolutely, you cannot. Zach Wilson, not a good game. 20 for 41, 355 yards, uh, and two touchdowns and three picks. That's not going to cut it. You guys are going to have to invest something more in the running game to make sure that it's effective to balance out the attack. That's just, it's just not going to work moving forward. It's nice that they're five and three. I'm pretty sure they're happy about that, but let's not get it twisted. Still a long season to go. You know, you're not going to catch the Buffalo Bills. The only thing you can do is to hope to get a playoff spot and you have to beat the teams that are apparently worse than you. You cannot let the teams that are worse than you upset you. You just can't if you're trying to be playoff bound when you know there's clearly another team in the division who you will not get past. Patriots over the Jets. Next, you got Steelers and Eagles. Not surprised. Steelers uh, are just not equipped to win right now. Uh, And it's it's okay to me. It's okay because they're in the rebuilding stage. 
Uh, it is uh, it is going to be curious to see if they do move Chase Claypool. I'm hoping he goes to any team other than the Chiefs, the Broncos, or the Chargers. As long as he goes to any other team, I'm good with it. Just not one of those. Because I do fear him when he is on a good team, a lethal team, when he's on a team that utilizes him correctly. Uh, I, I'm scared of him. I just don't want him affecting us directly. So uh, he can go anywhere but those three teams. Uh, and meanwhile, the Eagles, again, a solid team. Improved to 7-0, and still the only undefeated team uh, in the league. Uh, and then, again, it's uh, for Jalen Hurts. Still has to improve, in my opinion. Still has to get better, but it really is about his leadership. Uh, the talent just needs to, uh, and accuracy needs to continue to uh, get better and improve. But they're doing so well in so many other areas. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to, as long as he doesn't do horrible uh, then, you know, he, he, go ahead, go right ahead. But only uh, 19 for 28. Yes, the 285 is, you know, you should be able to get average about 300. Um, so it's just under 300. Four touchdown passes is very impressive. Uh, but when you look at um, uh, the, the receiving stats, you got A.J. Brown going off. Uh, but it was mostly A.J. Brown doing a lot of the work with six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, uh, and, uh, of course, he had 10 targets. And Devontae Smith only getting five catches for 23 yards, uh, second most targets. So uh, he was trying to spread the ball around, but it was just one guy going off, and it's like, okay. Yeah, they clearly can't t stop one guy. So your job pretty much is easy is easy in that regard and of course if the uh Steelers and Kenny Pickett can't really do anything it's not surprising that uh the Eagles offense is going to go off so not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts uh like I said four touchdowns is impressive but when you're beating a really bad team um like the Steelers you know I kind of take it with a little bit of grain of salt I would have thought that he should have been easily been able to get over 300 yards but no picks also is very good so again very, very impressive with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. The only remaining undefeated team uh, in the league will win over the Steelers by a score of 35 uh, to 13. And we're moving on. Once again, appreciate everybody here. Shout out to uh, all of my subscribers, all of my supporters, all the listeners for Scout Team Sports. Once again, I am your host, Devalian, and we're recapping week eight. Next, we get to the Titans at Texans. Titans win 17 to 10. Not much to say here. Um, to me, they are the new worst 5 and 2 team or only two lost team in the league. I still don't really put too much stock in them. I'm not a believer in Ryan Tannehill, never will be. It's the Derrick Henry show. But even with that being said, a 17 to 10 score tells me that if you can't even blow out the Titans, um, I don't really have much faith in you moving forward. You will probably just end up winning your division by default just because everybody else in the division is so bad. Uh, but come playoff time, I don't have any faith in you. But you do what you do. You beat who's in front of you. And Titans get the win over the Texans. Next, we have Commanders at Colts. I did get this one right as well. Uh, even though it's only by one point, Taylor Henneke is the guy. Right now, he is the guy for Washington. It is not Carson Wentz. They were smart enough to make that switch last week, uh, the week before, and uh, it is paying dividends because 
Um, they just seem to have a lot more, even if it's an ugly win, they just seem to believe a lot more in Taylor Henneke. And that's not surprising because Carson Wentz is just not a good leader. And I don't care how good his arm is. Eventually that's going to kill a locker room and they're going to want somebody else there, right? To put Taylor Henneke in there. I still don't see them doing much this season, but they're better off with Taylor Henneke than Carson Wentz. And they get a win over the Colts, uh, by a score of 17 to 16. Matt Ryan is benched for the rest of the year. Uh, behind um, their backup. So, um, yeah, the Colts are in rebuilding mode as well. Next, we get the Niners at Rams. Was really surprised that um, the the Niners did so well in this game um, because of going up against their arch rival and no Debo Samuel. But this was Christian McCaffrey's coming out party. Clearly has to be the player of the week with not only a rushing touchdown, not only a receiving touchdown, but a passing touchdown. He did one of each. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he can do it all. <laughs> he can absolutely do it all. One passing touchdown and then a, a 18 carries for 94 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then eight catches for 55 yards and one receiving touchdown. Uh, the uh, leading receiver, Brandon Ayuk, with six catches and 81 yards. Um and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo playing a clean game, 21-25, 235, and two touchdowns, no picks. And the Rams just didn't have an answer. Of course, they still don't have an answer in the running game. They have no running game, basically. Uh, even with Cam Akers out, even with Cam Akers was in, they still wouldn't be that good in running the football. And then it just leaves you with Matthew Stafford, 22 for 33, 187 yards, one touchdown, no pick. That's not going to get it done. Cooper Cup getting his eight catches, 79 yards, and one touchdown. And Allen Robinson getting a few catches, five for six for uh, 54 yards. But without a running game to balance things out, you are pretty much done and dead in the water against your arch rivals who know you all too well. And the Niners uh, win a solidly against the Rams by a score of 31 to 14. We are moving right along. Appreciate everybody for listening in once again. And again, we are getting right along. I did think the Giants, I thought that the Giants were going to win this one, but uh Very impressed with the Seahawks. Very impressed as the Seahawks get the win over the Giants here by a score of 27 to 13. Um, Man, I just, I'm so impressed and so happy for Geno Smith. Really am. Really am impressed. Really am happy for uh, Geno Smith here. Uh, And he's just being impressive as a leader, not just as a a quarterback and 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 a physical talent. Uh, but Daniel Jones not getting it done here, and as well as Saquon Barkley, this is a this is a shortcoming for him. Twenty carries for fifty three yards and one touchdown. He's got to do more than that in order to for that team to be successful. Daniel Jones seventeen for thirty one, one hundred and seventy six yards, no touchdowns, no picks, uh, and their um, offense is pretty much stifled uh, that entire game. Uh, surprisingly, by of all teams, a Seahawks defense. Geno Smith going for 23 for 34, 212 yards. Not that great, but two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, they really don't do much on rushing, but they get things going. Of course, D, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett each getting a touchdown apiece. And it, the Seahawks just find different ways to win. It's not always going to be the same type of stats every game for the Seahawks, but they get wins. 
They are led. They have a leader. They have uh, the biggest cheerleader they can have and Pete Carroll still. Uh, and they seem to do, be doing just fine, if not definitely better than they were doing with Russell Wilson the last couple of, uh, of years. Uh, so hats off to the Seahawks for beating a tough competitor in the Giants, dropping the Giants down to six and two and them they themselves leading the NFC West uh, and improving to five and three. Uh, definitely going to be interesting because the Niners are not going away um, and the Rams are down. But, you know, I would not uh, overlook them anytime you have to face them. But hats off to the Seahawks for pulling off a tough win, an impressive win against what looks like looks like a definite playoff contender in the New York football Giants. Next, you get to your Sunday night football game. And of course, this is not surprising that the Bills beat the Packers by a score of 27 to 17. I'm not I am surprised that they didn't blow him out. It was only a 10 point win. But again, it's Aaron Rodgers on a decline, doesn't have weapons, doesn't really have any help, um, in my opinion, on offense. Not really even sure he wants to be there. Aaron Rodgers going 19 for 30, 203 yards, uh, two touchdowns and one pick. That's very un-Rodgers-esque. Even though Aaron Jones goes for 20 carries, 143 yards, uh, it just seems like they just couldn't punch it in when they needed to. Like I said, if Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he'll go out there, he'll play, but it, it's it's we know Aaron Rodgers and his greatness and from the beginning of the game we could just tell that it just wasn't something he it just didn't look like he wanted to be there he's just taking his 50 million he doesn't care that the Packers are going to lose and <laughs> that's to me is just the biggest conspiracy uh, ever conspired to where a team just bought in hook line and sinker there he's tired of them not giving him a wide receiver in the first round of every draft um not catering to what he wants to help make the team successful and he's just going to be a Hollywood star and do his thing. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, you know, I don't really feel bad for Packers fans in, the, in that regard uh, because the organization that you trust in, they're not making good decisions. And for all that is said, for the benefits of having a publicly owned team or a team that's owned by the city, not having one owner and not having one solid chain of command in terms of decision making or a owner that would cater to a superstar quarterback's needs and wants and desires is really biting them in the behind so now Aaron Rodgers is just like okay fine whatever Josh Allen not playing good in this game with 13 for 25 218 two touchdowns two touchdowns and two picks but that defense oh that defense uh, is going to always come to play. Yes, Stefan Diggs did get his in. Six catches, 108 yards, and one touchdown. But that defense, led by Von Miller, my goodness, it is going to be so exciting to see them um, come playoff time. And I'm just really hoping that they do have to face the Chiefs again, that they do get the job done this time in the playoffs. Yes, it's great that they got the win in the regular season, but you know it really matters in the playoffs, especially when you have to face a team more than once that's not in your division that seems like they're always going to be a contender with you always going to be a contender in the playoffs 
Uh, I'm pretty sure the, uh, the Bills are hoping that they get to host the Chiefs this time, not really thinking that, to me, that that will be a factor in terms of helping them win in the playoffs. But nonetheless, like I said, Von Miller, to me, is that difference maker. As long as he's healthy and ready to go and they face the Chiefs in the playoffs, I have confidence, more confidence in the Bills than I would without Von Miller. And, of course, in this game, they get the job done. Not surprised. Packers are a shell of what they once were in terms of a really good, solid contender. And the Bills get the win on Sunday night football at home by a score of 27-17. to 17. And then in a shocker on Monday night football, where I thought the Bengals were clearly a better team and the Browns are struggling with Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett says uh, on Monday night football, division in-state rival, uh, I'm coming back. I'm going to do this thing here. Jacoby Brissett looking like a world beater in this game with his leadership of this team and the Browns, who I thought were just, yeah, they were just going the wrong way. And yeah, it's, 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 there's talk of Kareem Hunt getting traded and whatnot. And so, you know, that would weaken the team. But in this game, they come out blazing, they come out doing well. And Jacoby Brissett, like I said, they're not the greatest impressive numbers, but nonetheless, it's Jacoby Brissett doing a good job of leading that football team. Um, and uh, I think they do trust in him for the for the simple fact they know they're not getting Deshaun Watson back. So you need to put as much confidence into him as uh, as possible because, like it or not, he is your quarterback, and he is fighting hard. He's a good guy. Um, you know, he may not be the best. He may not be better than Deshaun Watson. We don't even know what Deshaun Watson is going to be or could be uh, by the time he actually does get to play. Uh, but for right now, put the faith in Jacoby. You're riding with him. Let's go. And they did it this game. 17 for 22, 278, one touchdown, no picks. I think that especially with Jacoby not being the great quarter, the great quarterback, it's and it's very imperative that he doesn't make mistakes uh, like throwing uh, interceptions. I think that's very good. You combine that with they're reliable most of the time running game and that's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb going off 23 carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns you put that along with an impressive the first impressive game from Amari Cooper since he has been a Cleveland Brown five catches 131 yards and one touchdown and the Browns clicking on all cylinders on offense scoring 32 points meanwhile that Browns defense having the confidence from their offense to play well and they pretty much shut down the Bengals offense Joe Burrow only going 25 for 35 232 yards two touchdowns and one pick no running game Joe Mixon eight carries for only 27 yards and then of course they are without Jamar Chase that is a big factor so T. Higgins is going to lead the way, uh, and as well as Tyler Boyd. They do get one touchdown apiece, but not nearly enough yards to be effective and to really penetrate um, the Browns' defense. And the Browns on Monday Night Football at home with the Brown jerseys on, which you rarely see um, <laughs> uh, from the Browns, uh, in my opinion, with the orange, uh, the brown uh, jerseys with the orange pants, um, take care of business. Uh, I really think that that's their should be their permanent home uniform, brown jerseys, orange pants. That that looks good to me, um, and they get the win on Monday Night Football by a score of thirty-two to thirteen. 
Um, so that's only now, they're only one game behind the Bengals now and not far behind uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So it's it, this this is one of those divisions that you, you really thought it was going to be uh, the AFC West, but it seems like the AFC North is looking just like that too as well as far as very, very competitive from the first team to the fourth team in terms of record. And that will conclude the recap for week eight. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into predictions and analysis for week nine in the NFL season. I am your host, DeValian. This is Scout Team Sports. We'll be back after a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in it. With that being said, once again, Shout out to all my subscribers. Shout out to all my listeners. Appreciate you all for continuing to support and listen to this podcast. Please continue to share this podcast with other sports and NFL fans. Tell them to run with the little guy, if you will. And a young up-and-coming sports broadcaster in the making with Devalian with Scout Team Sports. Again, I am your host. We are getting into the 2022-2023 Week 9 predictions and analysis for the NFL. Very curious with the whole bye week thing. So we go with uh, two weeks of four uh, four teams having a bye. Then we go to only two last week, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Now you go to six this week. So definitely going to be a shorter episode here. Uh, with six teams, count them, six teams on by the Browns, Giants, Steelers, Broncos, Cowboys, and 49ers. Uh, so we have less games to go over here, but nonetheless, we're getting into it. We're starting off with the Thursday night football game. Not much to talk about here. I get that trap games are a thing and can be a thing in the NFL, but I don't see it happening here with the Eagles at the Texans. 7-0 and Eagles going in to face the one five and one Texans. First of all, who said that the Texans, even before the season started, deserved a home game on primetime television? This should definitely be away at the Eagles. Uh, but nonetheless, the Eagles should go on the road. They will go in and uh, they should beat the Texans soundly. Um, would be completely shocked if they were to lose to the Texans. So I'm not even going to go there. Uh, they are a better team, top to bottom, better coach, better quarterback, better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, you knew it was coming. <laughs> so uh, the Eagles should win handily, easily over the Texans. Picking the Eagles over the Texans for Thursday night football. Then Sunday, we get to our morning games. No London games this uh, this go around here, uh, but we're getting into the Sunday games. Chargers at Falcons Chargers coming off the bye here a four and three Chargers team that's not looking really good uh, but nonetheless I think that they can get it done against the Falcons the Falcons don't really have to me an impressive defense at all and the Chargers coming off a bye rested Justin Herbert should be able to lead that offense to a victory the only thing is it's probably going to be a tight one because the Chargers defense is so shaky they're warm I wouldn't even say they're hot either they're lukewarm, then they're cold. They're lukewarm, then they're cold. And they're lukewarm, then they're cold. And if you catch uh, the Falcons on a good, on a bad week, uh, on one of your bad weeks, then the Falcons' offense, can, they can put up some points. 
uh, against, I would say, average to lower tier teams. And right now, to me, the Chargers are looking really average, uh, even with a winning record at this point. But I'm going to pick the Chargers slightly over the Falcons. I think they get it done coming off a bye week, even though they're on the road. They're rested. That offense should be ready to go. That defense should be able to hold Marcus Mariota and company at bay just enough to probably get a three-point win. And that's really all I see out of the Chargers is just barely winning this football game. But yeah, picking the Chargers over the Falcons. Next, we have Dolphins at Bears. I do like the Dolphins in this game. If two is playing, as long as they can keep him healthy and keep him protected, uh, him and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that is just a dangerous combo, uh, in my opinion. Um, to me, it's still, they at this point in the season, and depending on the teams that they face, they really don't need a running game, but they are going to need a running game <laughs> later on in the season, and definitely if they are trying to make it into the playoffs and some way, somehow get into the playoffs, they're going to need a running game. But at this point, I don't see that they even need one. They should be able to do well uh, in the passing game enough to the point where running a little bit. And then uh, their defense, which is not great, but should be able to handle Justin Fields and uh, a a Bears offense that, you know, they have one good game, surprising game against the Patriots. And that's about it. Those types of performances are not going to be consistent for the Bears. Uh, and I don't see one here, even if they were to s- somehow try to get into a rhythm. I just see the Bears defense being on the field too long and the Dolphins offense taking advantage of that. And then the Dolphins defense not allowing the Bears offense to get much going. So picking the Dolphins over the Bears. Dolphins went on the road. Next, we have Panthers at Bengals. I think Bengals get back in the win column here. Surprised that they lost the Monday night football game, but they should get back in the win column at home here. Panthers traveling. Yes, P.J. Walker, uh, happy for him being a starting quarterback, but um, I think it's just too much when it comes to that defense, even though Jamar Chase won't be there for the Bengals. They still have enough firepower. Joe Mixon should get loose against this running uh, defense of the Panthers. Uh, and the Bengals should have a solid, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but they should have a solid win uh, on their way in terms of uh, facing the Panthers. So picking the Bengals over the Panthers. Next, we get into an interesting one. Packers at Lions. Division rival game, if you will, with the Packers on a decline, but still uh, having Aaron Rodgers. And it just depends on how he's feeling that day. Uh, I think he's really into doing the Packers in and just collecting his 15 million guaranteed and just going home. And he can handle uh, criticism and and all that stuff. And especially when he is going to put himself out there um, with publicly on the Pat McAfee show without naming names, criticizing his uh, offensive teammates. Uh, if he is brave enough to do that and then still go back in the locker room with him, yeah, I mean, it, it you pretty much know what you're, you're, you're getting into. So if the star quarterback is not really feeling the rest of the team and they're not feeling him and they still have to get out there and play, and I get that everybody's still going to try to play hard because their jobs are on the line, but to a certain extent, if you... I mean, you, you probably were thinking either he goes or I go, whichever way, that's fine. But I don't want to be here. You know, this whole team is going to be like, is going to be, is going to have that mentality towards Aaron Rodgers. So either he goes or the rest of them go, or at least some of them go or whatever. But 
This is just a, this is just internally. This is just bad, a bad team right now. Uh, and then, like I said, they're going to try to fight and produce well. But I like the Lions in this game. I know it's weird, but it's also not. It's not wise to just always pick the team with a better record. You got to look at how they play. And again, the Lions really can't stop anybody on defense. But the Packers are just in so much of a shamble right now that even on offense with their um, not nearly uh, effective enough, healthy enough wide receiving core, uh, and then combine that with if the Packers are on the field too long, the Lions can put up some points. I see the Lions winning this game at home. I'm picking the Lions over the declining Packers. Next, we have Raiders at Jaguars. This is weird because the the, the Raiders on paper are a better team than the Jaguars. Um, they are a better team than the Jaguars, but they are a better team than the Saints, too, when you saw what happened against the Saints. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, just, it's hard to pick, my team. It really is. Um, it just seems like uh, I think the defense, the Raiders defense, will do well against Trevor Lawrence. But it really is about the offense coming to play because right now they are the weakest link. And it's if they can put a game together, a solid game plan together, and go against this Jaguars um, this Jaguars uh, defense. The Raiders still don't have a win on the road. And so at this point, until they show me that they can get a win on the road, I'm not going to pick them. So I'm picking the Jaguars here. I really love my team. I always love my team, but I'm going to be real about my team at all times. Their offense is not impressive. You, They don't have a road win yet. And the two teams that they've beaten thus far are the Texans and Russell Wilson. That's not saying much at all. And then on top of that, a declining, giving up a lot of points, not looking good at all defense in the Saints. And then you allow them to make you look like punks by shutting you out the entire game. Who's to say the Jaguars wouldn't do the same thing? I mean, the Jaguars have already shut a team out this season. So why wouldn't they be able to do it again if the Raiders offense is going to play as bad as they did last week? So I'm picking the Jaguars over the Raiders. Uh, The Raiders, like I said, I'm hoping this is en route to Josh McDaniels getting fired. And even though they gave him a contract extension, hopefully maybe they draft a quarterback next draft the Raiders with the with the uh, supposedly really good um, good uh, quarterback draft class that's coming out. Maybe they get their quarterback of the future because just good enough is to me not good enough uh, for the Raiders. If we're talking about winning a Super Bowl, which should be everybody's goal, and I definitely want that to be my team's goal. I don't think Derek Carr is a guy. He's been there long enough to where he hasn't really made enough of an impact um, to garner continuing to stay the starter and a t- and a player, a quarterback that can lead his team to a Super Bowl if you put the right pieces around him. He has the right pieces around him now. Yes, Darren Waller is injured, but Darren Waller is still there. Very good tight end. You have a star wide receiver in Devontae Adams. You've got a really, really good running back in Josh Jacobs. Why can you not make that offense go? Why are you still dead last in the red zone when it comes to scoring touchdowns? Why? That part, and I mean, that part is so is partly on Josh McDaniels, but that part is also really that majority of that part, that stat, that's on your quarterback. 
He can't lead your team to punch it into the end zone. When it's in the red zone, you as a quarterback need to get your teams behind in that freaking end zone. There is no excuse. And the fact that you even made the playoffs last year. Just imagine if on average you you were somewhere in the middle of the league in terms of your effectiveness of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. You would have and you did that by and you got to the playoffs. Just imagine what they could have done if they were more efficient in the red zone. <sighs> All right, we're moving on. But yeah, I'm picking the Jaguars over the Raiders because I it did their offense is just nah. It, it eh, I can't really say anything else. Next, we got Colts at Patriots. Um, the Colts um, have a backup quarterback. And the Patriots have Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, although doesn't have what he normally would have. I don't see him uh, allowing a backup quarterback um, to come in and beat them in New England. I just don't see it. So that one's not really much to pick, but I'm picking the Patriots over the Colts there. Colts are just all around bad team. Even with the whole quarterback issue, I thought that the running game and defense would be stronger, especially in the running game led by Jonathan Taylor. And it's not been thus far this season is so I'm just I'm shocked that they even have three wins and I'm really shocked that one of those wins is against the Chiefs so um but those games are few and far between uh yes they have three wins but they have four losses and a tie with the Texans so I'm not putting too much stock in the Colts so picking the Patriots to win at home over the Colts next you've got uh, two teams with a high record, but it's clear that one team is better than the other. Um, the Bills should be an undefeated team right now, but again, that snafu with a two-point loss in Miami, and that's pretty much the only uh, flaw spec on the Bills' record. Uh, other than that, they're going in to face a Jets team coming off a loss to the Patriots. would have been really important for the Jets to win that Patriots game because they're not going to win this one. Um, and so they're going to end up dropping a five and four. In my opinion, bills should improve to seven and one with a win on the road against the jets, picking the bills over the jets. Next, we have Vikings at Washington commanders, really impressed with Taylor Henneke, uh, with the spark that he provides for this team, but nonetheless, they still are, have a talent level, uh, and a team level, um, that is not superior uh, even close to the Vikings. Like I said, Vikings are the quietest team that nobody's really given a lot of attention to uh, that are have an impressive record at 6-1. and one. I mean, think about it. They could possibly be only uh, be an undefeated team as well uh, at 6-1. and one. Like I said, if Dalvin Cook cooks, this team is fine. You can't beat them um, unless you're one of the top teams in the league and the Washington Commanders are not even close to that. So, picking the Vikings all day over the Washington Commanders. Next, you have Seahawks at Cardinals. Uh, and you know it's 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 very enticing to ride the bandwagon and uh, what you're dealing with with uh, the Seahawks being atop the division. Uh, but it's also, from an analytics standpoint, a wise decision to pick them in this game because the Cardinals are just they're unpredictable. The Cardinals are not consistent. The Cardinals play bad to average. Uh, they shouldn't have gotten that win, overtime win against the Raiders. Uh, and then other than that, you just give them two wins 
and they're really not impressive on defense or on offense even with Kyler Murray and the whole internal turmoil with him and Cliff Kingsbury the fact that it's known now that he doesn't study um I just wouldn't really would not want to be in that locker room so uh Seahawks are a better unit uh they're a better team they have a better leader in Geno Smith uh, they have a better head coach in Pete Carroll. I got to pick the Seahawks here for those reasons. So Seahawks, picking the Seahawks over the Cardinals. Then we get to Rams at Buccaneers. Both these teams, a mere shell of what they were even last year in the playoffs. That's crazy. But the Rams at 3-4, and four, Buccaneers at 3-5. and five. Who you got? Neither one. I, I would say this. The Rams don't have a running game. The Buccaneers do have a running game, but they don't want to use it. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Fournette is better than what the Rams have at running back. It, it, he is. But the the Bucs don't want to use him. So it's almost like the Bucs don't have a running game. So it's Tom Brady uh, in his wide receiving core against Matthew Stafford and his wide receiving core. If you look at just weapons, yeah, you would say Tom Brady. But, I mean, this team did lose to the Rams in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, is, this really is a toss-up. I'm going to go with the Rams just because I think their defense will do better against Tom Brady than the Bucks' defense can do against the Rams' offense. And that's really not saying much, uh, and it's a shot in the dark. But I'm going to pick the Rams here over the Buccaneers. Both these teams uh, might miss the playoffs at this point. And, yeah, it's still, you know, a lot of season to go. But still, like, they do. if you look at them play, they're just not looking good. So, like I said, both teams, virtually no running game. Both teams have a passing game, and uh, if you had to pick one defense over the other, I would pick the Rams deep, so that's why I'm going with the Rams. And your Sunday night football matchup, while the two records are tied at 5-2, and two, there is clear, there is a clearly better team here, and that is the Chiefs as they host the Tennessee Titans. Along with the Chiefs coming off a of bye week, uh, yeah, they're not losing this game. Derrick Henry can do his thing, especially against this tight, uh, this Chiefs defense, but it won't be enough because Pat Mahomes is going to go off on that Titans D, and that Titans D will more than likely be on the field too long because the Titans offense will at times sputter, and if they stack eight or nine in the box and uh, stop Derrick Henry or at least slow him down, and then it's on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders to win the football game, I don't trust that at all. I will never trust that. So picking the Chiefs, over the Titans to win on Sunday night football, even with their poorest defense, they should improve to 6-2. And, and you get on Monday night football, you get the Ravens at the Saints. Yes, the Saints coming off of a win, a good win for them uh, at um, oh, hosting the Raiders. And yes, there is talk about Kamara uh, possibly getting traded. Um, will that that one performance save him or want, make them want to keep him on the team? Even without that performance, if you want to have any shot at winning football games and your offense to produce, you need to keep Kamara. If you get rid of him, you can pretty much just scrap the rest of the season because it don't really matter if it's Andy Dalton, uh, 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 Jameis Winston, or Taysom Hill at quarterback which is really, really bad for uh, the solidity of your, the solidness of your offense moving forward. I mean, Kamara's your only weapon. 
<laughs> so what else are you going to do? Um, but I'm going to pick the Ravens just because they're a solid team. The Ravens just traded for Rokon Smith. They got him from the Bears. That improves their defense, uh, which they really do need. Uh, and is at a five and three and the top their division, I don't see them losing this game because I think they have an edge to the point where they know they need to keep their edge on their own division and get the wins and win the football games that they should win. As long as Lamar can stay healthy and their running game produces, I don't see the Ravens losing this game, even against uh, what looked like an improved or a returned defense. But that was against a Raiders offense that always underachieves. So I think the Ravens, uh, def the Ravens offense will make the Saints look like they have been looking for most of this season, and the Ravens get the win uh, on Monday Night Football in New Orleans over the Saints. And because of so many teams on by, that will conclude our predictions and analysis for Week Nine in the NFL. We're done already. Yeah, we, we've been cut short. But the way that these bye weeks are working out, it seems like there's going to be other weeks where we'll get more to talk about <laughs> when it comes to more games to break down and analyze. But that's it for this week. I appreciate all of my subscribers, all of my listeners. Please continue to subscribe, share, listen to this podcast and share with other NFL fans, NFL enthusiasts as we continue to grow here as a brand here, Scout Team Sports. I am your host, Devalian. I say it all the time, and I also live it, believe until you stop breathing. Whatever that means for you, whatever that means uh, for what you're dealing with, believe until you stop breathing, continue to push forward, push hard so that you will succeed. And I will see you next week. Again, this is Devalian with Scout Team Sports. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later.